0: we're going to talk about the others but we're going to go more toward our side others for a little while we are not alone <clears throat> and the veil between us and the others at rare times is pulled back and we see the hidden the arcane the esoteric we need a, uh, one of our team to get a to get the microphone to Dr. Lemons so there we go look at him jumping they like hearing you more than me. Look at them leap to that. <laughs> practicing for the You're practicing for the Olympics. There's the baton past. Here's an example of the others. The people of Israel had worked their way across the desert. And all had died except for those that were youngest when the journey began. It's only a year's trip for that many people to get over. But as you know, they failed. They had a failure of faith when they reached the Jordan. And therefore God... Decreed that that entire generation would pass away and their children would then be allowed in. But now it was their time, these youngest who had grown up, to begin the conquest of Canaan. And that would start with the city of Jericho. It was a city with a warlike reputation. And we need to talk about what we mean when we say city. It does not mean what we mean today. When we talk about going in to destroy Jericho, we're talking about a small, enclosed area where the leaders and the army lived. The people didn't live inside. You go to, um, I could not help but think, I kept trying not to cry outside, sorry, but this is, this is personal. Uh, I, every time I go to Edinburgh, I pay the money, even though I've been in that castle, it's got to be 50. 70, 80 times. Seriously. I know every corner of it. There's a castle. The oldest parts go to 850, but there are really modern parts that go to the 1500s. And I walk in through the several gates and the portcullises, and I walk up the slope to the right, and then I take a a left and I keep walking up. It's a volcanic dome that they built the castle around. Look up Edinburgh Castle uh, on Google and go for images. And there, there's there's an esplanade. There's a a flat area where the army will march every now and then on special occasions. Until very, very recently, it was an active army post. And there is a big building I took Cami to many years ago. I said, I want to show you something. And as you walk up to it, you you start feeling the holy. And written over top, it says, to the glory of God and in memory of Scots who fell. When you walk in, it is silent. It's a big place. It's bigger than this. About three or four times bigger than this. And there are altars. I don't know other way to put it. You could call them lecterns, but they're really altars set up per war, per battle. And you turn, and you see the name and the village. I wanted her to see something. Her last name is Taylor. I said, had it not been for World War I, the name Taylor would be more common than Smith. And I showed her why, page after page of tailors. Every village wiped out, page after page, entire generations. And then I would take her to villages in Scotland, and I don't know that we stopped very often, but I would point out that's the World War I memorial. And you'd look, and a column of names was staggering, and we'd, we'd just kind of stop a little bit and look around. There might be eight houses and one shop. The entire village lost its people one after another after another. War is an awful, awful thing. If you go to Edinburgh Castle or Stirling Castle or any of the castles, people didn't live in there except the military and the leaders. When they talk about destroying Edinburgh, they don't mean Dean and all those villages around. They, They mean the castle. So when it goes after killing everybody and wipe them out, please remember that's war language and it is limited to the castle. To those that are instigating the issue. So here is Jericho. Oh, by the way, I'm also aware there are many archaeologists that say the timing of this is wrong and they've got it in error. But I would just submit to you that that's a whole lot more complicated than they're letting you know. I, I believe the biblical story is correct here. You had to take Jericho. You couldn't go around it. It was in a place... To control access. Spies had been sent and returned. Rahab, that story. The spies reported back that the people of Jericho were afraid of the Israelites. That's a turnaround from 39 years before. The spies came back before saying, we're terrified of them. Yet, yes, you have something? You don't? Okay. All right. Anytime. You don't have to wait. You can just jump in. They had crossed the Jordan River, this new generation, facing the demons of the land and the demons of the water. And on the other side of that water, they formally accepted Joshua as their leader. He is no longer young. But he has not yet been proven in battle to the degree that he needs to be. And he knows this is going to be a big battle. So he goes into the desert to pray and to look over the fortifications when he is confronted by a man. Joshua 5, if we could put that... Do do we have these on screen? do we have scriptures at all? No. We do not. <clears throat> and I packed my Old Testament. Somebody, I need Joshua 5 on your Bible app, because <laughs> I have my phone, but I am not quick. Joshua 5, 13, 14. Who's got that? Would you please read it, Tim? Thank you. That is one of the most stunning passages in Scripture. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. And
1: I'm confident <clears throat> that this was the Lord. This was the, this was the Logos because no angel ever allowed a man to worship him. Exactly. Except this one. This is
0: Jesus. That's right. But I want you bit, it looks like Michael when you first see him. He does. Um, Got to lubricate the throat. Just Diet Coke. Um, <clears throat> In other words, you know. May I say one other
1: thing? And uh, when Joshua asked him, why did we lose the battle, the small battle that they were, where they were defeated, may I? it's interesting, the Hebrew language is here, I, I, I operate by command. In other words, I can, I can, you can be defeated or you can win. Mm-hmm. And it seems that here's something that he's waiting to receive from heaven. In other yeah. words, the victory or the loss is not
0: in my hands. I do what I am instructed to do. There you go. I want you to think about this. Joshua, again, no longer young, just accepted as formal leader. Uh, Moses always intended that, but now the people have accepted it. They're going to face their first battle. um, Any of our veterans who saw action, if they will talk to you, ask them how how they felt during the first battle. What happened? That is... I I can't even describe what I hear from hundreds that I've worked with. Every part of your plan, all of your bluster goes away. It now becomes, no plan, no battle plan survives the first shot or survives contact with the enemy. Have you heard that? That is absolutely true. And that's why the the, the Marines always talk about adapt, improvise, and overcome. You're going to have to yeah, you're going to have to constantly move. And here's Joshua. He's praying and he looks up. Now, I like Joshua for a lot of reasons. And this is one of them. He sees a very powerful man. Now, he's coming to face it. He sees a powerful man with the sword drawn. Think of this. Jesus didn't always hold lambs. Sometimes he held a sword. That's right. Sometimes he held a whip. Now, Joshua, here's what I meant to say. I didn't close that thought. Joshua doesn't run But he walks up to him and he goes, are you with us or against us? And the commander looks back and said, neither. That's right. Now, we need to remember this. The reason Alexander Campbell was not a pacifist, but he was against war, that's really where I am. I'm not a pacifist at all. You want to defend your house? Defend it. Do you want to defend your children? Defend it. I'm good with this. But war is, is caused by politicians for their power and gain, and very often they bring up reasons for you to go die for them. Now, World War II, man, there was a lot of things we had to do, and it, caught, it meant bullets to save the Jews, to save Europe, I get that. But the First World War was all about whose territory's whose and who's the biggest. That's right, Kaiser or Duke or, I'm awful. There was not a humanitarian reason to go. It was all about power. World War II, there's a bit of that, but it was, I, I think a lot more humanitarian. And in, in here's the point I'm trying to make um, when you see Jesus with the sword drawn, it does kind of change your perception. But I love it. Alexander Campbell said, I'm opposed to war because you have a Christian shooting at a Christian. In the Civil War, or the War of Northern Aggression, whatever. Both sides claim God was on their side. That's a problem. God's not on our side. We need to be on His. Amen. I mean, that's. I, I, I have no theological issue at all with you asking for God to be with you. In fact, I do it a lot. But I have caught myself thinking more and more through the decades of saying, I probably should pray, Lord, be with, let me be with you today, wherever you're going. More than saying, you put your stamp of approval on everything I'm doing. I, maybe I should be saying, let me go and do what you're doing. Now, that's, to me, that's more than verbiage. It actually adjusts my attitude about things. So in war, I, and that passage just gives me chills to this day. He's saying, who are you for, us or again? And he goes, neither. I'm here as a commander of the Lord's army.
1: Yeah, oh, oh, please. Yeah. I wish Brother Campbell had addressed the fact that in, back in the days of from Moses, the Jews often killed each other in battle. Yes. And they had, each had Abraham's blood in his veins.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, this is why I say, even though I'm opposed to war, I have to say World War II was necessary. At some point, I have to say that some of these wars are necessary. I'm opposed to a lot of stuff that is necessary. I'm a complicated person, um, and it's all about me. Let's talk about me. Vietnam was actually taking a, one position against the Buddhists, against the Catholics. Well, I, that was that was part of it. There was communism. There's the French didn't do well over there either. You know, it's. A, <laughs> Oh, I okay. got Dan Ben-Fu, I think was there. was that right? Yeah, oh my goodness. That was their battle of the psalm all over again. French Foreign Legion almost wiped out. Anyway, we need to remember God is on his side, and we need to be on his side. Don't draw lines until you get in his side. And then once you do be very, as David Lipscomb and I would have disagreed about a great many things, but I loved it at the point where a person asked him, when do you draw the line of fellowship? And he said to be very, very careful, because when you draw a line, you might be on the wrong side Amen. of that line. Amen. And I, I really admired him for that line. And also, when it comes to battles and arguments, people, I'm just going to lay it right out there. Again, I don't want it to all be about me. I preached error for years. Amen. I, I preached legalism. I preached anger. I preached division. And I did it, convinced that's what God required of me. And I was wrong. I was so wrong. And it breaks my heart. I know God's already forgiven me, but there are times I wake up in the middle of the night and tear up to think of the people and what I taught them. And I hate it when somebody says, oh, I heard you back in the 80s, I still have the cassette tape. And I'm going, no, burn it. You know, burn it, have a little prayer, put a little altar up, I don't care what you do. Let's, um, as Joe Beam used to say, if you quote me, date me, because I change.
1: Do you, you have anything? Oh, I may. As we were, as Patsy and I were making our journey out of legalism, I came up with an idea on grace, and she said, don't ever tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever share that with anybody.
0: <laughs> so oh, yeah. I too have
1: I, too, have removed so much legalism from our life.
0: Well, the um, praise God for praise God love. that he did not leave us there I, mean, I would have been there forever yeah. uh, it was by his grace not my effort another example of this piercing the, the, the veil and by the way I didn't put the verses in there and that's why they're not there I remember that now another uh, the king of the Aramaeans had been looking for a way to ambush and kill the king of Israel time after time he laid the ambush only to have the king go another direction he got intelligence. He's going this way. Every single time, the intelligence was wrong. When he asked his prophets why he was failing, uh, they said, well, king of Israel has a prophet, and his name is Elisha, and every time this, you do anything in your court, this prophet knows. He just knows. Well, the, the king thought he had a traitor, but they said, no, it's, it's not that. That prophet's God is telling him. So, the king decided to kill Elisha so he could kill the king of Israel, all right? So he laid an ambush. Now, I want you to think of the intelligence here, people. If there's a prophet that always knows what you're talking about and therefore plans ahead of time to make sure you fail, it's probably inefficient to talk about laying an ambush for the prophet. Are you with me? (laughs) All right, he wasn't. Just another sign, people, just because they're kings, dukes, czars, and kaisers doesn't mean they're smart. Leaders are very often not smart. Ask any sergeant about his lieutenant. Many of you don't get that, but man, if you served, you do. One of the first rules of an officer is you make friends with the sergeants and you shut up and you listen. You might live. You might live. Anyway, I know I've lost some of you there. They, um, the king, they're going to do this ambush. Now, I'm going to need somebody. Um, like I said, I didn't. I packed my Bible. Uh, I found out. i got to unpack it. So let me go here. All right, there we go. Oh, look, there are pictures of the kids. No, no, don't do that. Um, going to go over to Bible app. Now, let's see. What we want to do is go to Second Kings. And I've told the story this. I've told this story several times. All right, don't make it hard, people. Um, second Kings 5. You, you, do you have your Bible? I, I just remember where it is. It's, it's, it's in it's section second, 5. Yeah, Second Kings. Well, Second Kings chapter 6 is where I want to go, though. Yes. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're very close. There we go, chapter 6. 5 was where Gehazi's hand turned into leprosy, and his whole there, family died because he lied to that same prophet. That's right. Now here's the story. Second Kings chapter six, start 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Now the horses and chariots would have been the, the artillery of the time. They were they were mobile. I'm not no artillery wouldn't have been it. Uh, forget that. Uh, uh, airborne cavalry. How's that? Because they could move around a lot. He goes, oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. I think that's a very legitimate question, frankly. He said, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. It's amazing how many times that's God's first response. It is amazing. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Some of the older versions are greater than. It seems that it's how you translate the word, whether you want to say more powerful or more populous. Whichever way, Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of of horses and chariots of fire. Now, that's very important for a couple of reasons. One, um, yay us, chariots of fire is yes, where they got the, um, uh, the name for the movie. If you didn't see the movie, I know it's an old movie, you need to go see the movie, chariots of fire. Uh, It's about a Scotsman, therefore it's wonderful and great. Um, Oh my, there are so many non-wonderful Scottish people. Please go see the movie about the good one. Uh, Also, Elisha had had a teacher, didn't he? Named? Elijah. Elijah. And how did Elijah leave us? In a chariot of fire. Hebrews chapter 12 says, those who left us didn't leave. They are here. Amen. Um, like I said, I, I have choked up so many times the last few days about this anniversary. It's very personal. And uh, Cammie will tell you, I was kind of shocked there weren't poppies everywhere because it's everywhere there. And, so, and somebody actually came up and told me they'd never heard why people would wear a poppy. Is that true? You guys hadn't? Oh my goodness, the poppies grew everywhere over the battlefield, over the dead. It it is in Europeans' conscious forever, the poppy. Um, We always have them, we always buy them. I have a friend of mine, Scots are different. Ian said, I I just buy one, I save it and the next year I put it back on so I don't have to buy another one. Ian, stop that. And once again, we see an opening in the throne room of heaven. We're told there are cherubs, seraphs, angels, saints, the friends of God, the sons of God, elders, living creatures. We don't know what half of these things are, but we're not alone. You know, I always. In fact, instead of saying friends and sons, I generally just say bene elohim. And because it's really hard to know what to call these things, these mighty creatures. Now, and, and we're, we're a few months away from Valentine's Day, so let me give you a heads up there. Cherubs don't look like the little pudgy babies with wings. <laughs> when you read Ezekiel and Revelation and Isaiah are really the only passages that describe them, they are terrifying. And seraphs I've been, uh, we used to think seraphs were, were singers, like leading the worship, uh, sweetest note in seraph song, right? Sweetest name, all right? But the word there, uh, again, we all, we're always learning more. They are making a sound, a musical sound, but it is by burning. And they are so mighty, that's the only description we can get. I'd recommend you read Ezekiel 1 just as a peek into what we're looking at here. And they're here. They're around.
1: Did you have... S- angels do more than pray in praise than they do in
0: singing, even at his birth. Oh, that's right. In fact, we were not allowed to sing, tell me the story of Jesus when I was growing up. And because it said, tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. And we were so literal, we couldn't say that because it said they said at his birth. I'm serious. It is amazing. I haven't climbed a tower with a rifle, but it's early days yet. (laughs) Anyway, um, I had to tell Laurie Lee this morning when I was describing something about my grandfather. I said, I'm sorry, we lost all the records. And she goes, when? I said, during his funeral. We did. Other family members came in and stole everything. Money, records, everything left. And I said, sadly, that's not unusual. My father is, comes from a long line of uh, criminals. Uh, and I'm so glad that he found Jesus. And yes, he found legalistic Jesus, but had he not, I probably would have been a criminal. So you got you to thank. Because I told him, I said, you're a much harder worker than me. You pulled yourself out. I would have just woken up and gone, nah, this is easier. God's grace is sufficient. God, it's just, it's amazing. So, you know, I wouldn't have taken this word. But anyway, go ahead. The word angel means what? One cent. Amen. The one, one cent. Yeah. Messenger. Yeah. Oh, they're taking a coffee away. Let's have a moment of silence. Okay. Uh, and it can refer by the word the way that were uh, angel can refer to a person or to a supernatural being. In Galatians chapter one, may be the first, the best example of that. It says, though we were an, an angel, and then it, go, it says it again, but it says an angel from heaven. Yes. So you can, in fact, the angels of the churches in Revelation, some believe are their ministers and elders, not supernatural beings. Yes, sir. Bishops, bishops, yes. A, a bishop over each bishop, one of the seven okay.
1: churches, yes.
0: Would you say it again because I lost it. A bishop, they mm. were
1: considered as a single bishop over each of the seven churches. Yeah, there you go. Thank you,
0: thank you. Thank um, you these messengers when they come bring us information from god messages of hope or messages of warning i've always kidded that if i ever saw an angel and i've seen angels i'll tell you the story one day um maybe but it, i always said that if i if an angel came into my room that hasn't happened one of the first questions i would ask once i quit being terrified and throwing everything at it would be what is your name if, it's, if it says, my name is too, you can handle my name. <laughs> Remember Samson, uh, his dad asked, what is your name? He goes, you couldn't handle it. <coughs> That's the problem. If it says, Gabriel, good news. yay. You know, if it says, Michael, I'm dead. I'm dead. Everything I know is dead. People around me are dead. Um, but the fact is, uh, if I saw one, I don't know what I would do. We see them at the birth of Jesus. We see them at his essential and some of these, we're just, we're flying by at 25,000 feet. I'm sorry, Randy, I didn't see your hand. Uh, what does it, it mean to be eternally condemned? Well, that's a subject, he says eternally condemned. The, uh, the, the Hebrews do not have a word that means what our word eternally means. And so, we, I will do a thing on hell, for example. But that's got to be, a di- that's a different subject. And like I said, Dr. Lemons and I are on different pages with that one. And so I'll give him a microphone doing all that as well, right? Because we respect each other, you know?
1: I agree with you that for Satan and his angels,
0: that's what it says. That's right. <laughs> and and um, let's, we, we will maybe move that's on. Not,
1: maybe that's not all it says. Anyway. That's not all it
0: says. You're right. All right. There's some others going in. Where are we? Yes, Tim. That's a good question. If he's going to strike the army blind, why do you need an army there in the first place? Well, you were talking about the army of the angels and around, okay. I think he was hurting them, in other words, pushing them in directions. Um, because if you take a look, in fact, George Lucas read this passage and came up with a similar scene in the first Star Wars movie for the geeks here, now be prepared to geek. Because they even lead them right into Jerusalem and the people there are going, you know, the, the army doesn't even know where they're going. It's like, these are not the droids you're looking for. He got that scene, reading out of this. So read your Bible, you'll become rich and famous.
1: Rather than killing them, it seems that they actually went back to their capital. He escorted them back to their capital that they would learn better, no more.
0: I think uh, the word blind there doesn't necessarily mean without sight as well. Um, It's a broader term which can mean they're not aware. They're just unaware of what they're seeing and doing. Disoriented, Disoriented would be one. Um, have you ever been someplace and said, well, how would I get here? You know, I, I tell myself here. When I go to a place, I, I want to walk. But there aren't that many places to walk, especially in poor weather, except the mall. And all malls are the same. They are so boring. But it's a place to walk. I'm not a mall walker. I don't get there at 8 o'clock. Uh, I I'm, I'm just want to move, right? And I can remember... One place, stopping, uh, and then I open up my phone or something. I forget whether there's a book phone, I forget. But I was just standing there for a while, and I just turned around, and it was all Victoria's Secret. And I'm going, yeah, that's where I want to stand. Visiting minister, right in front of this thing. And how secret can it be when there are posters right here? Let me just move right away over here. I was unaware. I was not paying attention, all right? Most of us go through life that way. It's called conditioned flight if you're in combat. Uh, it's, an, it's a bad place to be. But I think they were being herded. Uh, think of uh, Psalm 139. David felt that way. He said, one hand's on me and the other hand guides me. I'm being pushed. Somebody asked what, if they ever wrote a... Um, a and it's just a throwaway conversation thing. Ever wrote a book about my life, what it, should it be called? And I said it should be called The Unintentional Person. Because I intend to be in ministry. Didn't intend to move back to America. I I don't know how this happened. I even married an angel and man, the odds against that were huge, according to every girl I met. Let's talk about... (laughs) I'm going right into the riffs here. People, when I open a refrigerator and the light goes on, I do 15 minutes. It's, um... The brain's interesting. This is why I've never done drugs. You don't want to poke these things. Uh, Some of these angels are known as mighty ones in Psalm 21... 29.1 and 103.20 in fact the most common trait given or ascribed to angels is power, combat and strength that's why the precious moments type angels kind of just make me a little nauseous, now if you've got a bunch of them, please understand I'm saying they make me nauseous, I'm not saying you can't have them, it's okay If if they comfort you, have them Perhaps it's because I come from such a long line. You saw the look. So I posted that as my uh, photo on Facebook. Um, and somebody put in there, they said, man, that intense stare. Eh, ask Cammy about that stare. Even our kids and grandkids will every now and then just kind of sit. And they have the meads. That's the first thing my mother noticed when I was showing her pictures a couple days ago on my iPad. I'd open it up, and she'd go, Look at that stare. Now, yeah, where have you seen that before, Mom? It's genetic, so it is. But they're also called holy ones. My, my favorite on that one would be Job 5, 17, and Psalm 89, uh, verses 7 through 9. These angels did not follow Satan and his rebellion. These angels are loyal, loyal to God to the point where they're not interested in your, your worship. Um, yes.
1: The last verse of Hebrews one says, the angels are spirits sent to minister to you and me, who are heirs of salvation." That's and right. So Matthew twenty, Jesus talks about the children, and their angels are with them. Yep, they're everywhere,
0: people. They just are. Um, the um, I'm getting a feedback. I don't know where they put the monitor, and we can't get anything sorted. So I hope it's all right. I hope it's not. And if you're not hearing a feedback, I'm not either. You never know when the medicine quits working. <laughs> these, these angels are, lo- and I really want to stress this, learn about them, love them, but do not attempt to engage or talk to them. They have no interest in that. I've seen books about, oh, you heard me? Do you know, can you know where, what, what's gone wrong here? Oh, no. Okay, you don't have to. We're almost done. I was just You're just reading you finally got done flinging that angry bird, did you? Yeah, um, and yeah you know, when I was a boy, flinging the bird was an entirely different thing. Um, let me look. Nope, that wasn't in the notes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it, not so much now, but the 80s and 70s, this new age thing just went, you know, and everybody went, and you can go into bookstores still, and they will talk to you about how to, how to contact your angel, and how to figure the angel's name, and. Don't do Amen. that. No good angel is going to show up. You might have something show up, masquerading, but it's not your angel. Amen. Stop it. This is why whenever any person tried to engage with them, they never had a conversation. It was like, no, here's the message. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to do it. And if you bowed down, they said, get up. Don't, you don't worship us. They are ministers to us now, and they will be ministers to us in heaven. Amen. You know, I've had people say, well, for a dead person, well, now they're an angel. Nope, don't demote them. Amen. On earth, we were made a little lower than angels in heaven. They serve us there, and we are above them. Uh, remember the Bible even talks about you're a ruler over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Yeah. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? Wow. Here, I want to do one name before we leave that um, has almost disappeared, and it bothers me that it has almost disappeared, and that's watchers. I do not know why so many versions now remove the word watcher and just put in man, hey, man. because it's not man. Here's a famous incident. In Daniel chapter 4, starting at verse 13. In the visions I saw while lying in bed, I looked. And there before me was a holy one, a messenger coming down from heaven. He called out in a loud voice, Cut down the tree and trim off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But let the stump and its roots bound with iron and bronze remain in the ground and he goes on and he's talking about bringing down Nebuchadnezzar and in verse 17, this decision NIV announced by uh, messengers, the holy ones declare the verdict uh, there were watchers but more powerful help me out because I know you're a Daniel scholar, Dr. Lemons when Daniel fasted and prayed after reading Jeremiah yes what chapter is that? That ten. No, it's twenty-one. Sorry.
1: Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yes, and incidentally, the uh, um, this this was Nebuchadnezzar that was the tree, and it's interesting that on that very point, if you'll let me back up, the last paragraphs of um, of Jeremiah uh, Jeremiah says, "For the Lord is a God of retribution, and He will repay in full." And God called Nebuchadnezzar His minister in twenty-six of Jeremiah his minister, and he killed thousands yep. of Jewish men and women because they had killed their babies, among other things, yep. and allowed, allowed most of them to die, and only a few thousands to go into captivity. And, and so when Malachi says that he's a God that does not change, then, um, uh, yeah. but anyway, you said, I'm sorry, I was thinking of another chapter. D- which,
0: Daniel 10 is where I are. 10, 10, 10 yeah. yes. i here, I'm holding it up like that matters. <laughs> Can you read that? Um, in Daniel 10, uh, Daniel had read Jeremiah, and in Jeremiah it said that in 70 years, God would free his people from captivity had they repented. He does the math, realizes they're right up against 70, and the people have not repented, and it just shatters him. So he goes into the desert, and here comes this great, amazing angel in front of him, and Daniel faints away like dead. That's right. And he has to be picked up, because the angel says, we don't have time for this. We only have time, and he talks about it. I'm only here because Michael came to fight against a demon that's over that territory that I was fighting to give me a break from the battle to come give you this message, and I got to get back because he's got stuff to do. Twenty-one days, I was yeah, interfered 20.
1: bringing an answer to your prayer, that's and right. I had to go back and get him. But did you know? Here's within what he says later: uh, I'm going out now and fight to, with the present, the present evil power. Later, I will come back and fight the Prince of Greece. That's 200 years later. That's the one verse in the Bible that talks about spiritual warfare being a perpetual battle.
0: It is always there. This one guy, this one angel saying, then I'll come back over here. You might think, well, what will that be? Tuesday? 200 years later. That's right. It's a big battle. So, once you think about this, um, while they're going through, Daniel looks over here across the river and there's a man standing. Now, it doesn't say man, it says watcher. And that's a particular kind of angel. Yes. And then as he looks looks over here, where are these watchers? If you're a military person, you know, because you see the curve of the river, you see the lay of the land. They are the castles keeping anything from coming in to protect this conversation. This conversation has to take place. Daniel has to get this vision. He's got to get it quick. Because they're at war. Here are your scouts. Here are your marine recons. Here are your people watching to protect the area. And in fact, sometimes they even talk and say, hurry up. I love Daniel 10. It's very cool. Yes. I have one more word,
1: and there needs to be watchmen on the wall in our churches today to maintain our faith and not allow the social world to reevaluate who God is and his grace.
0: We, yes, uh, Ezekiel 33. You are watchmen on the wall. Read that one too. That is correct. That's that is that. right. Uh, I, as one of my friends put it recently, and I'm a little uncomfortable with people who like to criticize the church, and he was talking about all churches. He says, too many churches say they have engaged the culture when they've married it. Amen. That's kind of chilling, isn't it? And so I don't want to do that blanket condemnation, but I think it's, it's valuable. Watchers. It's also entirely possible that those were the kind of angels that visited Abraham before Sodom and Gomorrah because they said, we're going to see if what we have been told is true. That's true. Now that'll mess up some of your concept about God in control of every molecule of the universe. Uh, the, the Calvinists would have some issues with this, but the angels said, we need to go here and see it with our own eyes. What we've been told. Patrick, I think this was
1: in dialogue with God himself, that the Lord and this is one of the strangest passages in all the scripture to me. Yeah. He already knew. But he said, I, but that shows a covenant relationship that he had established with Abraham. And he said, I'll go see if what these angels have been telling me is as bad as it really
0: is. He already knew in my judgment. I think he was talking to God there. Now, let me leave a word you with the word of hope. This weekend has kind of shattered me because of my grandfather and our knowledge of the war and the poppies. But World War II was a meat grinder, not as many died. If you, and people don't believe this because we have 24-7 news with people running around here on fire, and they want yours on fire. If you look at the number of armed conflicts in the world today, it is at the lowest level in recorded history, and we have all battles recorded back to 2300 BC in the history of war volumes. Volume 4 is being put out very soon It's just numbers. Um, there are, there's a book by Hans Rosling, R-O-S-L-I-N-G. Hans is Swedish, he works for the UN, he and I would probably not get along politically in most ways, but it's a book called Factfulness. Where he steps up and says, let's look at every measure you can measure. What do people have? How much are they educated? Are they free? Can they cast a vote? And he shows every line is going positive. Now, why am I saying this? I believe angels are hurting us and shaping us better and better. While the devil has got in charge of media screaming, it's all bad. Be very careful who you listen to get the facts first. got to do this real quick, all right, because we're out of time. There was a thing on t- on uh, internet, uh, the attorney, uh, attorney general from uh, Bush quoted it and everything else, that there were 50,000 pedophiles online at any time hunting your children. It was quoted everywhere. Nobody stopped to say, where would we get it? When we go back through, by the way, how is it? Nobody even thought, how's it possible to know that? You don't know how many pedophiles are pedophiles in America there are, and you don't know if they have access to a computer and what they're doing right now. Anytime you hear a number like that, question it. Went back and found it was first put out by a company that sells software to parents to uh, Watch. They want to scare you. The angels are with us. We are all right. Be not afraid. Go in peace.